Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. If your balance goes to the zero at the night, <laughs> the operator just stops you. Uh, that's why this service was offered to the market on, on time. It was in a letter to Robert Hooke in 1675 that Sir Isaac Newton made his famous statement, If I have seen further, it is by standing on the shoulders of giants. But sometimes, like with the Easter Island Moai, the shoulders of those giants are themselves sitting upon something unexpected. The first company in the world to launch mobile fintech services has now touched 200 million end users by 25 companies in 20 countries around the world. It's a feat to be proud of, and we'll get into the how. But before we do, where would you guess they grew from? Not Silicon Valley, not Shenzhen, not even Nairobi, where my mind immediately goes when the topic of discussion turns to those earliest waves of mobile banking. But from Baku, Azerbaijan, a Central Asian country of just over 10 million people that has never come onto my fintech radar before. So in this episode, we will discuss AI and ML-derived credit scores and how they are facilitating end-to-end lending solutions in developing markets. But we'll also find out what it is like to take on the world from uncommon foundations. Welcome to How to Lend Money to Strangers with Brendan LaGrange. Seymour Mamadov, co-founder and CEO of Sombrella, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm really glad to participate. Now I'm looking forward to it. Seymour, your background is more technical than many of the fintech founders I speak to on here. But then again, Sombrella also has more of a telco flavor than many fintechs that I cover on the show. So what is the foundation of your career? What did your early career look like? We are the children of Soviet Union. And our education and culture, it was different. We are growth under the propaganda. And that's why when we are starting working in free market, we learn everything on the fly. Uh, And that's why I have a a background of mechanical engineer. And then I'm working for the trading company. Then I'm working for the company, which was the distributor for mobile phones in Azerbaijan. I had a really nice knowledge in computers, and it was my love. I was responsible for all computer things in our company. We had a nice relationships with mobile network operators, but we was the distributors of mobile phones, nothing technical. But in that moment, the Nokia launched the new personalizing of graphics on the screen and the ringtones on mobile phones. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I'm interested in the protocols. The protocols was uh, available from internet uh, of this SMS they are using for upload this kind of 
content to the mobile phones. And me and my partner decided to automize it and turn it to the business. It was just made for fun by Nokia, but we decided to turn it to the business. We make platform, but it's uh, not a platform. It was a two computers with two mobile phones connected. One mobile phone receives SMS and the second one from uh, takes the content from database and sends SMS <laughs> to the customer. But we start to earn the money from that. It was really very popular and mobile operator was very happy and we became maybe first value-added service provider for operators all over the world. Because, because at that time, uh, this uh, terminology is not used by operators. And in this moment, we established our first company and I started doing business, my own business, 23 years ago. And it was really nice and profitable business. We starting use our technologies in, uh, in future for the SMS voting on TV. And this sector starts growing very fast. And this is was a process where we learn more deeply telco technologies in our team. We integrated to the operator's infrastructure deeply. And 2005, our team think about crediting the balances of mobile network subscribers. It is not uh, the fintech approach where approach was like uh, other services. But in fact, in future, we figure out that it was maybe the first fintech service <laughs> which provided in our country, at least. Yeah. But we call it just a value-added service and operator's approach for this service also was like a value-added service. What was it that shifted you in that direction that made you start thinking about managing or helping consumers to manage finances and perform basic financial operations via the phone? What happened when we start providing the service? We guarantee the bad debts in this service. And that's why we start actively use different kind of analytics to develop the different kind of scoring systems. And these scoring systems will work very fast on the fly. We make the scoring on the fly. We start from the basic one, and then we start to improve it till we uh, now use uh, uh, machine learning and register for our scoring. Uh, the technological approach for this task grows year by year. In the first three days, we provide the 700 credits in Azerbaijan with our first operator we are not waiting such success the most popular method of top up a balance top up was the scratch cards if your balance goes to the zero at the night <laughs> you, you just <laughs> the operator just observe you and that's why this service was offered to the market on on time the only problem was that it was really very easy to copy this service. Idea was ours, but everybody who heard about that and had some uh, technological knowledge uh, repeated immediately all over the world. And we have to be very fast to uh, growing our market because it's very hard to get patent for this 
If I think about that time, though, I mean, it's probably because I'm South African and I did some work in Kenya in the early 2000s. But the first name I always think about is M-Pesa when we're talking about mobile-based banking emerging into the world. But actually, as you said, you might even have been before that. What were those early days like when you were trying to get this up and running, taking on the world with us while all this other crazy innovation and copying and catching up was happening? How was the experience of building Sombrella different to your earlier businesses? Yes, when we decided to go globally that day, we established the Simbrella. That's why our headquarters located in Singapore and in Amsterdam, because most of the operators asked to sign contracts with such kind of jurisdictions. So we start to use our connections in the neighbor countries like Georgia, Ukraine, Tajikistan, Uzbekistan, and then we hire two Hungarian guys who sell their products in Africa and they really had a very nice and wide connections in Africa and they start uh, sell our product to African operators. Uh, we established now a nice partnership with the local operators and we start grow at the peak of time we added 25 operations all over the world. Is it 25 operations around the world, 220 million end users I see that have been serviced. So a massive yeah. growth from, you know, the, the small idea. Four years ago, our growth stopped. And this kind of service no longer was wanted by the operators because they are already had the vendors or their own solution and we decided to adopt all our knowledge and all our telco knowledge and our experience to the other segments of economics. We start try to crediting the uh, utilities, the TV, and we figure out that this kind of service really very nice fit to the banks in developing countries uh, because. In the some banks, they haven't any product for 80% of their customers because the cost of crediting, it's really very high in traditional way. And the customers are just eligible for the 100 or $200, but $200 crediting, it's not feasible for banks. And we start negotiation with one of the banks of Nigeria and agreed to build the pilot to be able to provide the, the small credits to this kind of customers who need just $50 for three days or 10 days, not for the months and not the big of amounts. We built the system. And what happened? Now, this bank dispersed more than $30 million for the one and a half million subscribers and the 25% of these customers use this funds as a working capital for the micro business it's really very nice impact to this micro business i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use linkedin jobs linkedin has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. And we bring the approach of mobile network operators. We tell banks that ordering mobile operator they spent 100 or 200 dollars for acquisition of his customers for each customer he ready to give you sim card for free he ready to give you some airtime for free gigabytes for free and just uh, ask you to try this service and if you don't like it you can drop it and we tell banks you could also spend this money for acquisition of your customer and don't afraid bad debts in this case because you built very healthy customer base for you in the process maybe five person or ten person from your customers and don't not return you the first credit but you get 90 very nice customers who will bring you nice revenue on the future uh, this is also very hard to accept from banks, but we could find some persons who support us in this way of thinking. Now, yeah, you talked about that as sort of the, the pivot towards credits, but now there's a full suite of products you've got available for microloans for, yeah, you've mentioned really this a whole scoring engine to, to base this on, buy now, pay later, all sorts of products that you offer. How's that sort of shift in focus evolved to the products that you, you provide today? We are using the same technologies, but we use it in the different uh, industry because we are very nice in uh, telco knowledges, but we get some very nice people with financial knowledges to our staff. We start educate our staff to be more convenient with financial terminology, with uh, with the IFRS to understand our uh, new partners because they are using the different kind of words, different kind of terminology, uh, and we have to speak in the same language. So it was not very hard to change this focus. It's hard to change the business model and feasibility of the business is really dramatically changed because revenue sharing with Service fee in mobile operator is totally different with revenue sharing with the banks because approach for this revenue, the time of generating this revenue, it's really totally different. In mobile network, you just crediting balance, you could return it tomorrow, maybe to after one hour, and you just calculate your service fee. It's different kind of calculations because it's a really very strict regulated sector. And we'll learn. Sombrella is not issuing the, the credit, of course. You're helping a bank or a micro lender, an MFI, to issue a micro loan. How does that process work? How do they work with you? 
We are really very flexible in our business model with the banks and with uh, the micro lending platforms. We offer them three type partnership. It's based on revenue sharing, it's based on transaction fee, or it's based on the CapEx model. Do you have scores in the countries you're working in that you can roll immediately, or is this a case of you build scores with your, your clients? We uh, build score with clients. We use available data and start to teach this model during the couple of months. We have the scoring engine, but we have to teach this model in each operation because we use the different kind of data. The amount of data that now travels through the, the mobile phone networks, how's that changed the way that you are able to measure the risk of a potential borrower? We are very flexible with the scoring, and we know that more data, more precise scoring, but it's if you have less uh, data, you even would build nice scoring based on this. So in some banks, we're just using the, the data available from the bank. And we could also get the data from other sources like the credit bureau also we could use now in Nigeria, it's a very nice data available from operator side. And we build the system inside the operator. It's, uh, we call it data as a service. And we had access to the really very big range of data of customer by his consent. When the customer uh, asks for the credit, and it's happened from the mobile phone, from USSD menu, not from the smartphone. He gets a message that could we use your data from operator side? And after he give us the consent, operator send us this data set and we use it for scoring of this customer. And what we are doing for banks, we use the telco technologies, uh, which allows us to make the scoring on the fly. You're operating in a lot of markets where smartphones are still a luxury to some extent. So yeah. you're able to use any phone technology to make this all work. Yeah, one statistics, maybe it's interesting for you. In our uh, bank, uh, which I mentioned before, uh, 96 or 8% of customers use USSD for requesting the balance. And it's not depends only for the smartphone or feature phone. They are really more comfortable with USD requesting for credit than from the app. They had a bank app on their smartphones by using the USSD for requesting this credit for their account. One of the things I want to um, come back to is you expanded around the world from Azerbaijan. What was that startup ecosystem like then? What's it like now? And what's it been like growing into the world from an uncommon base? The company who had wide footprints all over the world, it's unusual for Azerbaijan. I mean the technological companies. I know just few of them in our market. It was really a challenging time, but in my opinion, that time when we started to expand globally, it was much more easy than now. It's not so huge compliance system all over the world implemented by the banks and the governments. You just come to the country, <laughs> provide your passport, establish the company and open the bank account. Now it's Sambrella with a big history of his operation all over the world. We have 
Now faced with a big problems with bank account opening in different countries. It's really very hard for Azerbaijan company and for the Azerbaijan citizens to open bank account in, for instance, in Singapore or in the Europe. It's a big problem. I know that it starts because of a fighting with money laundering, but the companies like we and Azerbaijan citizens are really faced with a huge problems for making business global now. They are not allowed to open their bank accounts because it's a big risk for them because of regulation. It's not their position. It's not their policy. It's just from the regulatory side. So uh, we really proud of that we are so global and we are from Azerbaijan and we have a staff for the 100 people and most of them are citizens of our country. Our country is a young country, you know, it's just 30 years of falling down the Soviet Union and we start building our own system. So we really know nice digitalized economy, but our bank system and the fintech market of Azerbaijan, it's really not developed because we have the very regulated financial system and the only fintech services which are really provided by a lot of companies is just payment systems, money collections and transactions. The other kind of services is not allowed by central bank yet. What is your focus on at the moment? Where are you putting your energies? Where are you looking to to do new things at the moment? The most challenging project we start in Azerbaijan. We are working with our government, with our Ministry of Economy, to build a big platform and ecosystem for supporting small and micro businesses. And the idea was about that the government has a lot of different kind of information and data about the businesses, the taxes which they are paying and the cashback from the VAT from your purchasing and all turnover data about selling a different goods uh, available in the government servers. So we uh, want to build the system when each small business, after uploading the application for his smartphones, after the remote KYC process, could get the first small credit from the government or maybe from uh, some of the banks who are interested in providing this kind of small services, just give them opportunity, give them the chance to start building their own credit story. Because we have the big governmental program of supporting small business with a really nice interest rate, but it's a very bureaucratic structure and let's say for the 10000 20000 or $200,000. But a small shop, sometimes he needs just $300 of credit for the five days or for the one month. And in that time, the banks couldn't provide this kind of services for them. And they going to their maybe mother-in-law to ask <laughs> about these funds for the <laughs> several days. And we want to build this ecosystem for providing such kind of support for the small and smallest businesses. I think that this really nice future if we could build it. If people are listening and they want to learn more about Sombrella, they want to see how these other projects develop, where's a good place for them to go to uh, find out what you're doing and, and follow that story? LinkedIn and our website. We are really very responsive 
Uh, we have uh, email addresses on our website where they could just send their request to get some more information. Perfect. And that's nice and simple at umbrella.com. But I'll also put it in the show notes. It's a, a really nice website, actually. So go on Thank there and have a look. And I can confirm very friendly on LinkedIn. That's how I got hold of you again. So yeah, Seymour, thank you so much for, for joining me. It's been great hearing your story. Thank you, Brendan. Uh, it was really great to speak with you. And during this conversation, I learned my, more about myself also because <laughs> your questions <laughs> make a nice journey through my history. Thank you. That, that's great to hear. And thank you all for listening. Please do look for and follow the show on your favorite podcast platform and share the updates widely on LinkedIn, where lending nerds are found in our largest concentration. Plus, send me a connection request while you're there. This show is written and recorded by myself, Brendan LaGrange, in Brighton, England, and edited by Fina Charlson of FC Productions. Show music is by I Am Wake, and you can find show notes and written transcripts at www.howtolendmoneytostrangers.show or just www.htlmts.show, and I'll see you again next Thursday. <laughs>